Boogie Nights, we get down, we know how to party. Boogie Nights. Wait, wait, wait. It's not nighttime. Maybe it is where you are. It's not night where I am right now. Uh, hey, it's Harlan Williams here. No matter what kind of time of day it is, you're here with Harlan Williams on the Harland Highway podcast. Um, great to have you here. Uh, what a show, what a show, what a show. We're going to be talking today about uh, a freak, another freakish summer outdoor adventure I had, another encounter with wildlife. It wasn't quite as friendly as my, my escapade where I was swimming with manatees. This one was a little more dangerous and aggressive. Wait till you hear. Um, we're going to be taking some of your uh, phone calls. Um, we're going to be talking uh, again about uh, some language issues. And uh, we're also going to uh, follow up on the, uh, the Donald Trump podcast. I got some uh, interesting feedback from the Donald Trump podcast and uh, so much more. So uh, let's do this, gang. Let's, uh, let's get settled in. Put your, uh, your silver helmet on. Buckle up your uh, orthopedic shoes. And let's get ready to rumble. Ladies and gentlemen... You are on the Harlan Highway. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the Harlan Highway. I promise you, I will please you all. Believe me. What is he like? What's he like anyway? Oh, he's an angel. He's an angel straight from heaven. You're going to need a bigger potion. You're listening to Harlan Williams. Why don't you give me a name and a face? And a reason why! Oh man, what do you expect? You guys kick along, man! <laughs> it's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! You just don't turn it off! You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. Weird. Just plain weird. You know what I mean? I'm still alive. Well, I'll tell you what I won't give you, you muckers! I won't give you the satisfaction of saying that I'm sorry! Welcome to the Harland Highway. Oh, you get your money's worth, believe me. Hello? Hello? Hey, Harland, this is Bobby Wheeler in Orlando, Florida. Um, I appreciate you bringing up the topic of languages. I, it's really interesting to me. I'm an English teacher. I teach international students, and uh, I was in South Korea for couple years so yeah i know your feeling of being in the elevator and it's all awkward and you know koreans are very dramatic people so must have been very awkward for you um my favorite language is georgian uh and georgian father is mama and dada is mother so it's really funny to see my uh friend's one-year-old look up at his uh father and say mama so, anyways, uh, cool topic. I like languages too. Uh, chicken chameen. Well, the way things are going, maybe your uh, friend's one-year-old will be able to look up uh, at, at his father one day and just go, Bruce Jenner, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Jenner, Fa- ma- father, mother, Fa- <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, I th- this goes back to a uh, a story I talked about um, 
where I was a few podcasts back, I was discussing uh, different languages, and I, I mentioned I got kind of trapped in an elevator with some people uh, speaking a different language, Korean, I think it was, but I'll never know because I, I don't speak the language, but I, I think it was Korean. And uh, I was talking about how it was kind of awkward and weird, but also fun at the same time. So it wasn't completely awkward, 100% awkward. It was, it was more interesting than awkward, uh, but it was a whole blend of those things. Uh, but that's amazing that you uh, you study and teach languages. It sounds like you a, a guy like you. It sounds like you know like a whole bunch of languages, which I'm always envious of. I, I always love it when people know many languages and are fluent. And the the best part about people like you is is um, when you don't know somebody is fluent. Let's say you have a friend or an acquaintance or a, a person at work. And you go out on the town or you go to a meeting or you're riding the subway or whatever it is. And you just think of him as your friend that speaks English. Oh, there's Ed from accounting. Hi, Ed. Hello. And you're on the subway together or something. And all of a sudden beside you, uh, you know, some guys start speaking Mandarin or someone starts speaking Italian or Portuguese or whatever it is. And this buddy of yours or this acquaintance of yours that you didn't know could speak languages suddenly busts out like a perfect fluent language. Like German, they're like, And you're like, Ed, hello, yes. Are you German, Ed? Ed, yes. What? Shouldn't you be working at IHOP? Ed! Yes? What? What's going on? I just find it fascinating. There's there's a movie. It's with Al Pacino and Al Pacino and Canal Reeves. And I it's where uh Canal Reeves works at this uh, this law firm. I think it's called The Devil's Apprentice or something like that. And uh, unbeknownst to Canal Reeves, um, uh, the the head of the law firm, Al Pacino, is Satan. And there's actually a scene where they're on a subway, and uh, they're in the vicinity of these two thug-looking guys that I think they're they're Puerto Rican or they're 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 some ethnicity. And uh, Al Pacino, who's the devil, who's really not afraid of anything, is kind of like you know looking over towards them. And one of the thugs finds this intimidating and a threat, so he steps up to Al Pacino and pulls a knife on him. And Canal Reeves is like, oh, my God, we got to get out of here. And Al Pacino just breaks into this fluent language, which I don't know what it is because I don't know the language. But he starts telling the guy that, you know, when he left the house this morning, his best friend went in. They were smoking crack. He was smoking crack with the guy's wife and doing her up the butt. And, uh, and, and, and this, this, this thug's looking at Al Pacino like, wait, how do you know this stuff? And, uh, it's just really cool. It's exactly what I was talking about. Um, when someone who you don't expect to know another language bursts into it, have a listen. So what's this Weaver commission? Oh, I don't like to micromanage. You find the talent and then you delegate. Who the hell knows what Eddie's up to? Got a lot of fingers, a lot of pies. Excuse me. 
looking at? Yeah, you. Were you deaf or something? You don't hear me? Oh, I hear you fine. Yeah? So get the fuck out of my car if you hear me fine. Why? I didn't know it was your car. I'm having a good time here. I ain't asking you, motherfucker. I'm telling you, you get the fuck out of my fucking car then. Shit, the junk. Oh, chill, chill, man. Fuck that, man. man. Right, put your fucking car in there. Fuck that. Chill, man. Chill, Sue esposa. El momento que saliste de apartamento. Ella estaba arriba con Carlos. Mira, amigo. Están en la pipa formando crime. Están en la cocina compartiendo un jumbo. Y después, en tu misma cama, él se la va a meter por el culo. Y a ella la va a gustar. En tu cama verde especial. ¿Cómo? ¿Cómo fuck you know? Sándeme vista y póngase el cuchillo donde merece. Go ahead, son. You still got time. There's a train coming the uh, other way. You'll just catch it. You'll thank me in the morning. You ain't right, man. Oh, I'm right. You'll see. Invigorating. <laughs> what did you say to him? I told him that if he didn't leave us alone, you were going to kick his ass from here to the Calvin. <laughs> Look at that. There's a lady getting up on her seat. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, by the way, that scene is worth looking at. If, you, if you're uh, near your computer, just uh, jump on YouTube and uh, type in Devil's Advocate Subway scene, and you'll be able to watch it. It's some classic Al Pacino acting. What, what a great actor that guy is. It's actually a really cool scene to watch. So, uh, hey, thank you for your call uh, about languages and... Uh, Como esta, hasta la vista, bon voyage, uh, sur la table, vigates, prost, tschüss, and any other language I can think of. I don't know what I just said, but hopefully you, the language teacher, understood every delectable word. <laughs> what we've got here is failure to communicate. The full moon of October is known as the Hunter's Moon. This October, the Hunters will be out in force, filling the hungry sky. And you are the midnight snack. Okay, so so I told you this summer I've been having some, uh, you know, some nature encounters. I, I mentioned on a previous podcast I was swimming with sea cows uh, and manate- manatees are sea cows. But uh, I ran into something a little more ominous. Um, and uh, I don't know how all of you feel about bats. But uh, that's what I ran into. Uh, they're kind of creepy. They're mysterious. They're flying mammals. Um, people are freaked out by bats. They, they roam the night. They have sharp little teeth. And uh, a few weeks ago, I was up at the cottage. We have a, a family cottage. And I was there with my sisters and my little nieces. And uh, one night we were um, we were just kind of standing outside as the sun was setting, and all of a sudden all these bats started flying out from under the under the rafters. 
in the in the ceiling of the of the cottage. There was a little crack, you know, the 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 size of a piece of toast. And just these bats started flying out and swooping down on us. And the girls are like, oh, my God, bats. It's like one bat after the other. It's like like one of those tennis ball machines you see on the tennis court. It's like the house was shooting out bats. I mean, it it was ridiculous. And my sister was screaming and yelling, and my nieces were going nuts. <laughs> it's just these bat after bat after bat where we realize, oh my God, these things actually live kind of in the in the cottage with us. They're in the they're in the roof, they're in the ceiling, they're in the floorboards. And it was like horrifying. Not to me so much, because I, I don't I don't get freaked out by stuff like that, but you know, I find bats kind of fascinating. They fly around in the dark. They use sonar to to locate things, echolocation. They bounce their their high pitched, high frequency uh, like squeals off of their environment, and and the uh, the sonar waves bounce off objects and bounce back to them, so they can di- gauge distance. They they're t- technically they're seeing with sound. It's 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 an inc- they're incredible. Holy popcorn! They're blind. They fly around at, at top speed. I mean these things whip, and they're bobbing and weaving and darting and and, and you know it's dark out. You can't see your hand in front of your face. And these guys are flying around effortlessly, not bashing into anything. They're uh, they're picking insects out of the air. They're eating bugs. Out of midair, I mean, they're fascinating creatures, but nonetheless, they have this stigma of being creepy and horrific, and and so beyond that, uh, any type of of invasive uh, critter into your home can lead to trouble, whether it's mice or rats or ants or cockroaches or whatever, bed bugs, cousins, you know, whatever it is. You never want creatures living in your house, especially in abundance, okay? If you get mice in your walls, they could chew through wires. If you got rats in your walls, they could get diseases from their droppings. If you got ants, they can get into your food and your clothing and bed. You know the drill. So you don't want uh, bats accumulating under your house or in your ceiling because bats... Uh, for whatever reason, they do their droppings where they live. So they hang upside down and they they do bat shit all over the place. And this stuff starts piling up. There's caves in South America where bat turd is like gold. They go in and pull mountains of it out. Apparently, it's an incredible fertilizer. They, they literally pull out like 10, 15 feet of this stuff stacked up but the problem is it's full of uh parasites and it's full of insects and it's it it attracts uh you know bad things that you don't want crawling around in your house so uh so what i had to do is i had to wait till the sun set the next night and to get the tin snips out you don't hear that word a lot would you pass the tin snips please oh 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 
Oh, Charles. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I, I just said it, tin snips <laughs> or wire cutters, you know, and uh, I, had to, I, get, I had to get this, uh, this uh, screen meshing, this metal meshing. And I had to uh, I had to cut out some 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 pieces, and I had to stand there and watch all the bats fly out. And then once I was confident most of them were out, I had to go up, climb up on the side of the roof, on the wall, underneath the awnings. I'm like Spider Man, not Batman, Spider Man, crawling around on the walls and the roof with a staple gun. And it's kind of sad, but I had to blast the staple gun and put the, the meshing over the entrance and exit to the bat cave. Batman! Yeah. Which means that the bats who were out flying on their nightly, uh, you know, nightly flight looking for food, insects and whatnot, it meant that when they flew back to their home, there would be no way to get in. And sadly, I knew there was probably a few little bats locked inside, probably some baby bats. There would probably be some casualties. But as much as I love the critters, you can't let them live in your home because it just leads to a lot of problems, expensive problems, health issues. And so I tried to be compassionate. I tried to let every as many bats as I could fly out of the nest, out of the bat cave. And um, so hopefully, you know, 99% of them were out. And so what happens, we're out there, and I'm doing all this stuff, and all of a sudden the bats kind of get wind of it. I'm like, uh-oh. And now the bats start circling back. It's kind of like you ever kick a hornet's nest and they start swarming around. They know something's up. So the bats start circling around, and now I'm up there dangling on the roof like one of the great zucchini brothers from a circus or something. (laughs) And the bats are swirling around my head like I'm in a, a blender full of bats. And my sister's there like holding the ladder and holding the flashlight and she's like screaming, and her my nieces come out, and they're they're screaming, they're gonna get my hair. And they got they got blankets over their heads and baseball caps, and we're in like a blat uh, a bat flurry. You ever been in a snowstorm, like a snow flurry, where there's giant snowflakes flying all around? This was like a a bat flurry. I mean, these things are swooping, dive bombing me, shrieking. You know, coming at my head. I'm hanging on the wall. I'm hanging off the roof. It was crazy. Holy jack-in-the-box. Got a staple gun. That's not a weapon against a bat. Come here. I'm going to staple you. You couldn't catch these things if you try. They just move all around. So so it was quite the quite the uh, crazy night. Quite, quite the uh, kind of scary and daring ordeal. Now, none of the bats actually landed on me or bit me or attacked me, but some of them came pretty close, man. They were not happy. They were they were swooping right past my face. Some of them just a few inches away. I was like, whoa! Holy fly paper! So, so there you go. Just another 
Harland Williams Outdoor Nature Adventure. Holy ravioli! Hello? Hello? Hey, Harlan. Bobby Wheeler, Orlando, Florida, calling again about languages. Uh, I wanted to add that I also taught English in Iraq, the Kurdistan area. And Kurdish language is funny because in Kurdish, sir is kaka. And Mr. is cock. So when we went to the restaurants uh, with my American friends, you know, and we wanted the waiter, we'd say, caca. And for them, it's polite, but, you know, we're dying laughing because, you know, caca is in French, Spanish, and Italian means, like, crap. So it's like, hey, you piece of crap. And uh, cock is Mr. So amongst our American teacher friends, we used to say, hey, cock, Tim. Hey, Cox Steven, and uh, we just die laughing, and, you know, the Kurdish people just thought we were being really polite to each other, so, languages are cool. All right, have a good one. Hello, Mr. Cock Poo Poo. Oh, hello, Mr. Poo Poo Cock. Hello, Mr. Cock Poo Poo. Hello, Mr. Poo Poo Cock. Hello, Mr. Cock Poo Poo. Hello, Mr. Cuckoo Pop. How are you? Would anyone like some Cocoa Pops? What did you call me? Cuckoo Pops. No, I distinctly heard you call me Cocoa Pop. I said, how are you, Mr. Kaka Poopcock? What? I'm getting confused. I'm getting confused as well. Cock. What? Kaka. Did someone say Kaka? I said cock. Did somebody say Kaka Cock? Over here. Cock caca! I'm totally mixed up now. I don't understand any of it. Cock caca! I want cock! I'll take some caca! What the hell is happening here? Oh god, forget it. I'm all mixed up. Lordy, lordy, lordy. Um, let's move on to another topic uh, here. Um, I got a, a really interesting phone call. I did a, I did a uh, the last podcast I dedicated to Donald Trump. And uh, you know, I'm digging this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying what he's doing. I, I think he's, uh, as I said last podcast, he's no worse than any other clown that's out there. And, uh, you know, it was funny because I don't generally love to get too much into politics and stuff, but this guy's such a phenomenon. And I actually recorded, uh, you know, uh, an episode about Trump and I deleted it. I was like, "Ah, I don't want to put it on the air. People are just going to people get so fired up about this stuff. I'm I'm not going to do it. And then I recorded another one and I erased it and I did some more. And I, I don't know why I was struggling so much with it. I think I was afraid of all the the feedback from people being, you're an idiot. And then I thought, you know what? I don't give a crap what people say. I'm entitled to my opinion. And if I like something or don't like something, then there you go. And if you don't like something and you don't, or you like something, there you go too. So it makes the world go round, right? So at the end of the day, I put the Donald Trump episode up last episode. And I sincerely was expecting just a barrage of people, you know, slamming me and calling me a moron and blah, 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 blah. Although my, my episode about Trump was also about the whole political system in general. 
But to my surprise, I got uh, I got some really nice feedback from a few people. Uh, I actually got a call from uh, another uh, like a news show that wanted to interview me and talk about what I had said about Donald Trump. So I did that. I did a half hour interview with the with a news show. Um, I got an email from somebody. I got a voicemail from somebody. You know what? I'll 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 play you uh, the the voicemail I got. And I'll read you the email I got, and I was quite, uh, quite surprised and quite pleased. And, I, and, and in retrospect, I was glad I put it up there. So there you go. No filter here at the Harlan Highway. Let's listen to uh, some kind words, supportive words, from uh, a pavement pounder who claims he never normally calls into shows. Harlan, this is Dr. Ascot. Actually, Harlan, this is... Somebody who's never called before, and I just wanted to say that your show on Donald Trump, who I don't particularly like, was one of the best shows you've ever done. So uh, keep up the good work, and chicken chow mein. Hey, wow. Thank you. Thank you for that that great uh, message. I I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Um, Holy smokes. I did not not expect that reaction. Um, and, uh, let's check out the, uh, the email I got. Uh, the name is JM and the subject matter was Trump and JM said, Harland, I personally don't like Trump, but I think your podcast on him was one of the best ever, not just for comedy, but for everything politically and socially an eloquent and thoughtful podcast. It surprised and delighted me. You rock. Thank you, he says. Well, boy, oh boy, thank you. It's it's always surprising when you get feedback that you don't expect. Um, and I maybe I shouldn't be so surprised. There's going to be people that that like what I said and don't like what I said. But what I like about this uh, this email is the the gentleman said he didn't really like Trump. And and I'm wondering if maybe the email writer is the same person that left the voicemail. Just kind of hit both my uh, outlets there. You never know. But either way, uh, I thank you for your feedback. And and if you don't like what I said about Trump, you can definitely voice your opinion as well. I'm open to hearing it all, man. Um, it's a treat. So uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna leave it right there. Gonna leave it right there on a uh, an, an up upbeat note. And uh, may a million bats fly to your hair. Wait, wait what? Um, let's uh, let's do some announcements before we get out of here, ladies and gurgle glaggins. Whatever that is. Um, Let's see, what do we got going on? Uh, not a lot. I don't have any um, any stand-up gigs coming up I can tell you about at the moment. Um, but uh, please go to uh, harlanwilliams.com. Check out my stand-up schedule, and you will see some that are coming up in the fall. Uh, also, uh, check out my store while you're in there. Uh, all kinds of fun products at the harlanwilliams.com store. You can write me. At, on the contact page at harlanwilliams.com, or you can phone me and leave me a message as well, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330. Uh, there you go, gang. Hope you uh, enjoyed the show. I hope you're enjoying your, your last uh, few days 
and weeks of summer. It's hard to believe how fast it always goes by. I don't like it, but uh, there'll be another one next year, God willing. Um, That's it until next time, everybody. Until then, you know the drill. Chicken chow mein, baby. In French, Spanish, and Italian means like crap. So it's like, hey, you piece of crap.